Famcast Media. Bitch. Welcome to the SM Podcast. Squibble and Mad Max. Not my bad, keep my circle tight Spitting up that verbal light To shed upon the vagabond Who's searching for some more to life Black. Now approaches the wandering Jew I'm taking some bumps and lacing some blunts And I'm just smoking this sauntering I was I was looking at my hat on the on the picture for the thing And man, that was my best pin configuration ever I don't even have most of those I had the litter box on there I had the Wu-Tang Ouija board There's a fucking story behind that one But we'll save that for another day Welcome to fucking S&M Underground, you silly motherfuckers. And I know it's silly motherfuckers that are getting down with this shit. And I know that because I'm a silly motherfucker. And right. so across from me is other silly motherfucker, Scribble, working Whack Rapper since 2004 at least. That's right, bro. What's cracking? Uh, not, not, a, not a whole lot. You know, we're, we're doing the damn thing. We're trying to uh, just maintain in this world. I did realize something today that in all of my life the, the the current political situation whether you go to the left or the right I don't care but it's never felt less important than ever or less like does Joe Biden really seem like the president does he like do you really feel like he's the president because I don't no, I, 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 I feel like it's a no go ahead I feel like it's a Bush situation where uh, I don't know uh, about that. Where someone's real. I mean, is the president really the president ever? Okay, but so that is not the conversation. Because if we're going to go to that level, <laughs> that is a different story. However, what I'm saying is it just feels so, like, not real and insincere now. Like, even back in the day with Bush, whoever's running shit, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the pageantry that they represent, that that's what they're supposed to be. Like, you know, they're all on CNN and Fox News. Honestly, I've, I've completely, you know, the whole Trump thing was so fucking exhausting, no matter what side you were on, that I think a lot of people, we just tuned the fuck out. As soon as it was, as it, as it was over, we were like, thank God it's over on both fucking sides. I'm done giving a fuck about politics. You know what it actually, you know what it makes me think of is, and it's ironic because Donald Trump is from New York City, uh, or if not from New York City, that's where he is. You know, have you been to New York City before? I'm sure you have, at least one. No, never. Really? Oh, shit. Well, we got to change that. But in any case, it's kind of, having been to L.A., it's tricky because L.A. is a perfect example of a Western city. Most cities out West, have like a real big metropolitan area and then just sprawling fucking suburbs. And LA is real good with that. But yeah, LA, LA is real spread out. With New York, it's it's still really, really big. And this is probably also one of the reasons why it is verifiably one of the largest cities in the world. But it's when you walk down the street in New York City and you look around at the buildings, it just... And maybe it's because I'm from there and I was born there, but like I want, I remember originally coming to Boston and I have all the love for Boston, but I remember getting here and just walking around and this is a fucking city. What is this? Just a couple of buildings. What the fuck is going on? Like, it's 
because even the suburbs, it's because nobody looks at it like that because New York has the kind of personality that it does. But, I mean, you got, you got to put some respect on Boston's name. They got Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I'm not talking about the contents of the city. I'm talking about the lay of the architecture. Yeah. Because it's only a little bit of big buildings. And then, like, Manhattan is all fucking big buildings. That's all yeah. it is. And then, like, because, again, people don't look at it like, the, the, you know, like, these are suburbs, but, you know, Yonkers, the Bronx, Brooklyn, Harlem, Long Island, those are suburbs of New York City. Straight up and down. They're their own places. They have their own fucking personalities and their own quirks and, you know, whatever. But at the same time, technically speaking, they are the suburbs of the city. Right. They're out from that could even also still be called suburbs of the city 45 minutes away even an hour almost from new york city can practically still be called a suburb of new york city because of how much you know money comes out of it goes in but i think that fucking donald trump was the exact same way where it was just so big and so crazy and so in your fucking face and ridiculous that now anything else in comparison is just kind of like he didn't even fucking curse. Like, what's going on? Yeah. Even he didn't. He didn't talk about grabbing pussies or anything. <laughs> it's boring. Yeah, dude. I mean, I would love to go to New York. Um, obviously, I've got a lot of people out in New York. I just haven't been able to make it there. I did get invited to Danny Diablo Fest, but I just could, I I couldn't make it. It was last year. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't make it, but. I was really fucking planning on, you know, I want, I, I'd love to go to the Bronx to the birthplace place of hip hop and shit like that. It's a lot of, lot of fucking hip hop culture there. I mean, pretty much all of it. The uh, early years. Well, okay, so the original, yes, that's absolutely true. I, you want to know what's actually funny? I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but if I recall correctly, it was. See, I can't remember if Red Hook was in Queens or the Bronx because that whole area, there was a park right next to where I was working. What I'm saying is I was working as a, as a mover that day and it just, Red Hook was the, was the, uh, the neighborhood. And I do know that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of like crime, drugs, and hookers in Red, in Red Hook now. But, it's the place to be. Oh yeah. But I'm also... While I was working, I saw a group of dudes that were all wearing the same merch. They were all wearing shirts of, clearly they were part of a crew. I would assume somebody in the crew wrapped or all of them wrapped. And I just remember having this thought, because there was, again, there was a park right over there. And that's what all the original hip-hop shit was early on. Was yeah. there were parties at these parks, and then somebody would set up the turntables and a microphone. And then just fucking go at it. And so well, that's what that's when hip hop was, you know, a lot of people I hear a lot like, you know, and especially from older heads, hip hop just ain't what it used to be, which I agree with. But but they always say hip hop ain't what it used to be. It used to mean something. You know, you you'd go out there and preach black power or you'd preach, you know, this or that. And it's like, well, you're talking more about the late eighties, early nineties hip hop. Like the the seventies hip hop, early eighties hip hop 
was not about anything political like that. It was about rocking the fucking party and having a good time. Oh, yeah. It was party music. I don't know what interesting story. I would submit that um, the message, Grandmaster Flash, that was probably the beginning of like really, and maybe I'm wrong about this because I, as far as hip hop history, there's a lot of shit that I'm not very well versed in. Yeah, but, Grandmaster Flash was the first, like, uh, conscious rapper, kind of. This is what I'm saying. The, the uh, you know, like, Diddy, you know, don't push me because I'm close to I'm trying not to lose my head. my head. Yeah, no, and that whole song, realistically, again, you're talking about the realities of the fucking, the black community that in a lot of ways... Everybody had been fucking ignoring because they don't live there. They don't see it. But then when you're yeah. talking about rats in the front roaches in the back on this, you know, because again, hip hop was music that got popular and who knows if they did it on purpose. But again, but even, even, even though Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five are innovators of hip hop, that song wasn't even what, 82? I don't so remember. Hip hop had already been around for almost ten years before that song came out. Before like a conscious. So let me ask you this: Do you well? So is that to say that hip hop genuinely started in like 71, 72? That's what we're looking at. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Grammys it's, just it's, had it's the, early, based on most of the things that I've heard. The Grammys. The like, if anything, maybe the late seventies, but mostly the early. 80s. No, the Grammys just did last night the 50th anniversary tribute to hip hop, and Ice T and Grandmaster Flash were there. Everybody was there. So, and I'm wrong. You know, before it was ever on record, I mean, hip hop was around for seven, eight years before there was ever a record. You know, before fucking uh, the first hip hop song on the radio. Or so, so did you like that. that uh, 82 was when the message came out. So that yeah. I mean, that, that sounds about right. I, my whole deal was that the whether or not they did it on purpose, they had made this music or popularized this music that was, you know, like the fun and funk of disco, but it had a little bit more rhythm and soul to it as opposed to just, you know... Well, and that's, that, 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 that's also, you know, back in those days, it was before MPCs and shit, so they were literally just playing disco records. Oh, the yeah. instrumental breaks and no, rapping so over that. Yeah, no, oh, for sure. But that's also why uh, scratching was so important back in the day because that gave the opportunity to the guys that were good at it. You know, you give new life to a song by putting this, this, you know, new rhythm on it by doing this shit. Like that's this is what I was gonna say is that for hip hop, you can't really talk about it used to mean something. Anything that gets that big becomes impossible to control and impossible to regulate. Yeah. Which is exactly the same reason why there are good doctors and bad doctors. There are good construction workers and bad construction workers. Everybody that does a thing, there's going to be good ones, there's going to be bad ones. And rap is just another thing that people can do. Yeah. I mean, realistically, rap just means talk. I know everybody says rhythm and poetry, and I mean, I'm sure there's reality to that, but to me, the idea that, like, everybody used to say, you know, let's rap. That was a very popular phrase. And especially back in the days when this shit came out. And so the idea of rap music is, you know, like saying that you're just, 
you know, rhythmic talking, basically. I really yeah, I mean, the, the original term of let's rap was before hip hop was even a thing. It meant let's talk, let's that's fucking. What, exactly, that's what I'm saying. I really do yeah. think that rap music was developed as this thing. Well, because think about it. There's always been music where you speak as though you're, that where the lyrics are, you know, in opera they call it recitative, but the, like reciting the like the words are the important part, not necessarily the the notes that you're singing, but the the recitation is the important thing. And so, with that, you know, like rap is a thing that I really think deserves the kind of recognition and analysis that any other instrument or music gets. But it doesn't like if you were to go to the Berklee College of Music in Boston they would not have as far as i know and i know that across the river uh what's his face is lupe fiasco is teaching a fucking uh class at mit about rap but oh uh, there's there's all kinds of hip-hop classes now like it's almost but yeah but it's not you look at music colleges it's not really they recognize hip-hop culture but they fold it into other shit. Being able to rap is not considered its own thing. It's not its own. If you're a songwriter, you write the song, you write the lyrics and the song. Being a lyricist, it's very hard to sustain just on that. You have to be able to do a lot of other yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying, but also, but I don't feel, I don't feel like there is even 20 years ago, 2003. Like there is not the love or the care of instruments like it used to be because the world is becoming a hip hop the world is becoming a hip hop world i you want to know what here's the problem how many how many fucking young people do you know that fucking shred guitar well how many I, young people do you know that how many young people do you know that, that make a beat i don't hang in those circles though. that's the difference this but is that's what I'm saying. It, no, it doesn't even matter. But I'm saying, you go to any young person on the street. Hey, do you play an instrument or do you rap? What do you think they're gonna say? It depends on where you are, and it depends on where, like, who you're. No, talking. I don't think so, bro. Because I've been back to little hick towns in Oregon and little hick towns in Washington where it's all white kids. They're all no, rappers. That's not the same though, because this is what I'm talking about. That now that people like fucking Tom McDonald and Jelly Roll are super famous, hicks are allowed to like hip hop. Like, do you want to? To me. That was a thing that happened. I don't know exactly how many years ago it was, but, and I don't even hate country rap. I really don't. There's a few people that do it that I think are dope. I don't hate Jelly Roll. I, I think he's like, he's a really good guy. And I've, I, I'm sure some of his music that I've heard I like. Some of the stuff he did with Struggle Jennings, I actually remember was pretty good. But I, the thing is that a lot of, like Jelly Roll ain't got a fucking racist bone in his body. He used to have fucking Psycho Jesus on the road with him. And Psycho Jesus is the blackest half black man you've ever met. And fucking, like, he did a song back in the day. Uh, My daddy fucked a white girl. He also did fucking faggot dick, but that was a whole other thing. He was, <laughs> yeah, he was a very interesting character. But no, he had, he was working with Jelly Roll on an ICP tour years ago. They rolled through Worcester, I remember. He was really, really chill. And that's the thing. Jelly Roll, nobody I think saw that coming, which is why it's so fucking cool for him. That he is a modern day Johnny Cash, because nobody saw that coming for him. He was doing this underground rap shit 
for a long fucking time. And it was he was just basically on our level. He was a little higher up even back then, but he was just doing his thing. And then country rap started to get popular, and he was able to ride that wave. And in his case, I'm happy for him. I really, I love seeing Jelly Roll win. It really okay. is cool. But with every Jelly Roll comes an upchurch and a Tom McDonald or a fucking Adam Calhoun. And here's my problem. Like, Adam Calhoun and fucking Upchurch, I remember seeing a video where they were, like, bagging on Antifa-type kids or fucking whatever. But just being really, really smarmy and arrogant and shit. And I just, I don't care what your opinion is. I don't like people like that. Yeah. And then when I found out they fucking rap too... Like, you, not only do you got to be some social media online fucking personality that's all redneck and fucking unnecessarily fucking rural, and then you also got to rap too, and then also have really, really shitty fucking polarizing opinions. But, but see what I'm saying? Everyone raps now. That, well, but if, that's this was, if this was the 90s, Adam Calhoun would be in a metal band. Well, okay, but so this is the problem. I don't think that those kids nowadays, all these people that are rapping, I don't think that most of those kids would play an instrument if rap didn't exist. So I don't think that's the same conversation. I think plenty of kids still play instruments, and if there is an issue with kids not playing instruments, it has more to do with the fact that the fucking music programs are disappearing in fucking most public schools. So there is no ability to really... I mean, you can always fucking uh, get a hundred bucks together, go mow some lawns and buy an acoustic guitar. Well, yeah, but so that's kind of the thing. You have to be really motivated to want to do that. And I think that it's... You want to know what I do... I. It's not like I disagree with what you're saying that rap is still a really big thing. I just think that it's become really popular because it's cheaper to make. You don't need multiple people in your fucking band. You need one person technically, and that's your whole act. You get beats from fucking whoever, pay them however much, and then you have the one main act that can make a lot of fucking money. Yeah. And then it's, the, 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 the overheads are fucking ridiculous. Whereas if you have a band, where like just the band, let's just say the run-of-the-mill boilerplate four-person band. Drummer, singer, bassist, guitarist. Well, let's even take it down one, three people. Because like let's say the guitarist is a singer. Fucking you still have their whole drum set, both guitars, multiple guitars in most cases, pedals, fucking amps. Yeah, all that. Just crazy shit. Whereas with rap, you got a fucking microphone and that's it. Everything yeah. else you can put towards oh, that. That's the reason, even though I came from a metal family and was, you know, like my dad didn't want me to be a fucking rapper. You know what I mean? Like my dad thought, wanted me, he gave me a bass. He wanted me to play bass or play guitar. But I didn't have the patience to fucking sit around for seven years and become a virtuoso guitar player. I could get a microphone. I, I get the fucking karaoke machine with the double cassette deck where I could play a tape and then record in the other one immediately. You know, so that's why I didn't do it. No, and I, it was, because it was convenient not to do it. I mean, for me, I my whole thing is that I played drums when I was a kid and 
I drumming was a thousand percent what made me a better rapper because it taught me more about. Well, I mean, rappers are percussion instruments. Well, no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It gave, I feel like it gave me an advantage. But beyond that, beyond that, I fucking, I just, I think that the, the, the bigger problem is that rap took on this aesthetic of wealth and success that really had only been seen in certain parts of the heavy metal community, which was air metal in the 80s. Because yeah. for the most part, like in the 70s, you know, that was when celebrity really started to, you know, become a little bit more flashy. But like <clears throat> musicians hadn't really gotten, you know, there it really wasn't rock star shit until it was, you know, like Nikki Six types. So I think that now rappers are the closest version of that, but it's different because it's funny you say that because I I always compare like uh, mumble rappers, um, and not to shit on mumble rap. There are some mumble rap songs I like, but I always compare mumble rappers specifically to '80s hair bands, where it's the it's the it's more about the lavish life you're living, the way you look, the style. You know what I mean? Your music video, how expensive everything looks. You know what I mean? It's more about that than the music. So that's why I like to compare those two. No, true indeed. I can dig that. I, and you want to know what? That's like, it just goes to show once hip hop got to a certain level, there's nothing you can do. It's just going to become like, you know, it's going to change shape and fucking form fit to well, yeah, and, and if you really want to go and you really are one of those people who think hip-hop died a long time ago and hip-hop is dead and all this shit, all you have to do is learn how to deep dive on the internet and you can find some of the most incredible MCs on the planet Earth. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's actually kind of funny. It's a real double-edged blade where on one hand, technically everybody has all this access to all this music that... You know, otherwise they'd have no ability to fucking find. But at the same time, actually getting it in front of the people that might like it is so difficult because it's all done on a fucking algorithm. It's all done in a way where it's not just straightforwardly fucking presented. Yeah. With all these playlists and fucking again the and algorithm. So, play a song and then it keeps playing and well, thanks something i learned is well first of all we know instagram and a lot of these algorithms will fuck you if you you're not constantly posting shit you know what i mean but oh, yeah. um, i i found out um from a, a rapper homie of mine who started paying for the promotions on instagram and he was paying for these promotions so everyone could see his post right and the minute he stopped paying his fuck nobody saw anything he was getting like two likes on his fucking posts you know what i mean because the yeah. minute that you, the minute that you buy in they know okay well you got the money to buy in now we're gonna really fuck you. now you gotta buy in for every single post you ever make obviously you do get a little bit more interaction but it's the kind of thing where I it just it sucks because Spotify is really the only Spotify or iTunes are the only fucking companies that could potentially create a platform that's like social media for music 
but they'll never fucking do it because they would sooner do it the fucking way that they do it. Yeah. Like, they seem to make plenty of money doing it that way. So, it's just, I don't know. It is, uh, it is very aggravating, but, I mean, what are you going to do? Word out, bro. Uh, yeah, no, that is the, uh, that is the nature of the beast. All music fans, the ideas uh, over here, all music fans are cheap as hell. I think that that's not only true. I think that a lot of music fans are also very entitled. I don't know that it's like, because everybody, you know, not everybody, a lot of people um, shit on Juggalos for being very, like, uh, entitled fans. Of like, oh, what do you mean we're not having Juggalo Day or we're not having a gathering or fucking whatever. And, like, I think a lot of bands and a lot of followings actually are like that, where they just expect it after a certain point because, you know, after you've been serviced for long enough, you'll be like, what the fuck do you mean I don't get to have it again exactly how I don't know. It's do you think these like modern people are fucking spoiled because they get access to so much shit that if you're not fucking dropping, you know, some shit every week, they they pretty much forget about you. We know that. You know what I mean? This to me is the tricky part about that because you know, I mean, twisted. You can still get fans for life in today's age. That happens. Absolutely. It is. You have to be genuine about what you're doing, and you there has to be a genuine like. Think about it like this: I don't dislike Migos. I have no problem with Migos. I'm sure, the you know, rest in peace. Uh, I think that was Takeoff. Um, I you know I no reason to think there's anything wrong with those guys, but I I really have to wonder like, are they making music so that people will listen to it and be like, yeah, man, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, I feel that shit. Like, I'm sure that they have at least a couple of tracks that are sentimental, but like, aren't they just making music to have fun? Isn't that mostly what it's about at that level? Yeah, I think so. And so I just, I, I look at that and I think, if you're making, you know, like, you're not gonna be getting the same level of connection with that, but that's also like, they're at the highest level. They're on, you know, labels. They're the ones who have the money. It's- yeah, but, but I'm talking about I'm talking about specifically. Okay, like uh, Necro, he's releasing a new vinyl LP of um, I don't know if it's a full album or it's a couple songs, but he's releasing this vinyl LP. Now, anyone in the business knows vinyls are expensive as fuck to make. Well, yeah, so but he- with- I can listen. I can break that down for you real simple. Number one, he is uh, blessed to have a very dedicated core fan base. And on top of that, what he's been doing his whole career, because I remember this from when I was younger, he's always been selling all different kinds of merch, always having, you know, like in different publications, different interviews, uh, different shows, always doing different shit. Very few people in today's, well, actually, you know what? I take that back because it is becoming more popular. However, I think that in Necro's I don't think a lot of those people are buying those vinyl records specifically to spend them. Some people will. I'm, I know some people here's will. The thing, here, here's the thing about it. He was um, getting a lot of backlash, and it took longer than I thought it would as a fan uh, for him to sell the 50, because he had to sell like 50 vinyls um, for the deal or whatever he was making with the manufacturing company. 
So he had to sell 50 first. And he was posting saying like, all these all these people talk and you could just go in the comments and see it. all these people talking shit saying like that's fucking ridiculous uh why would i spend 50 dollars for a vinyl so even someone with a hardcore fan base like necro still has those people <laughs> who are gonna be cheap fucks oh well yeah oh dude i seen the other day they uh fucking necro posted something about like <coughs> fans but violent J fucking commented on like, like, like the thing that he said at the this end. This is recent. Yes. Oh, so are they cool or not? I thought they were beefing. <coughs> I wouldn't say they're beefing by the post that Jay made. They seem to be cool based on that alone, and I'm oh, pretty okay. sure he responded and everything was good. But the thing is, I think that touring with ICP is probably a very interesting experience because Juggalos are a very, very finicky fan base. Because you can definitely impress a few people when you roll through town with ICP, but for the most part, everybody at that show knows exactly who they came to see. They have the money they intend to spend on their on that shit. And that's how it's going to be. Right. So, like, cracking into that, even if you're a juggalo act, it's not easy to but why is that that's always been a question of mine what like i do i well hold on i i do know the juggalos support a lot of juggalo related artists kung fu vampire makes a living off the shit you know what i mean there's a lot of artists in the juggalo world i think that kung fu vampire he definitely does uh you know get fucking the single to the single whoop whoop it looked better the way it was the, the, the whoop 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 that's just I don't know what the fuck that is, but Kung Fu Vampire definitely does rock with the Juggalo community, and I, because I don't know if he's actually a Juggalo or not. I've never really had that conversation with him. I don't think he is. I think he, he, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that he's not, but I know he's got love for the community. I know that he's pretty genuine about it, so. But he's not, he's not like, he's not like someone like Hobson who shows Who's not a juggalo yeah, shows love for the juggalo. Hobson, honestly, let me tell you something. I don't. But I'm saying I'm saying that juggalos fuck more with uh, uh, groups or acts that are heavily can be heavily associated with ICP rather than going out. Do juggalos have told me they don't know who Vinny Paz is? Well, okay, but so here's the thing: you have to understand a lot of juggalos at that level. They're only in for dunk. They're only know the only thing they know about rap is ICP. They don't listen to ICP like it's rap. They listen to ICP like it's weird heavy metal. Uh, okay. Like that was what it was back in the day. Like they like they definitely came up on the scene with metal bands a thousand percent. Yeah, I mean they used to cold tour with Cold Chamber and and shit like that. They used to, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were they were. Uh, always a group who, well, Jay, I know Jay used to say, we'll never put guitars on our shit. And then they're heavily associated and put guitars on their shit. I never heard that, but either way, ICP is the 90s kiss. Now, you want to know what? No, I don't think that's true. And I'll tell you why. Because ICP was much more of a zany fucking, like, it was more meant to be satire as opposed to fucking Kiss, which that was, you know, a fucking 
talking about rock star shit. Like ICP for the longest time, like we ain't rock stars, we're scrubs. It ain't like that. But now, I don't know. I feel like things have kind of switched up a little bit. It, it definitely is more of like, I don't know. It's fucking weird, man. And that's why, like, I don't, I, like I said, I don't got 10, but I definitely, there, there are some very influential horrorcore acts we can talk about. I think this has been a pretty good conversation generally, but I just, I was having a hard time finding, like, because in horrorcore, so many of the people that are in it are just people that I know. And it's like, well, yeah, I can, I can tell you as, as someone who's, I'd say you're definitely more in the horrorcore world than I am, but I can tell you off off jump that ICP and uh, Esham, Esham is the godfather of the shit, right? Oh no! I well, listen, I'll tell you right now. Whatever fucking breakdown it was going to be, Esham was going to be number one, no question. I get to, to put it to you like this: I'll tell you my top three, and then I can tell you some others that I think are important. But my okay. top three, this is no bullshit is Esham number one. Jazzy ICP. Jeff and Chris Prince, Nightmare on My Street. <laughs> Depending on the time frame. Hey, there's a lot of people, uh, or, well, no, no one I've ever met in real life, but there's a lot of videos online who put that in the in the early horror core, uh, but it's hilarious. I, I, don't, I don't think so at all. So anyway, my three are Esham, ICP, <laughs> and yeah. Dark which Dark Half is a group that was composed of... Are they Wisconsin? Yes, Wicked Wisconsin. That was Damian Quinn and... Yeah. Rest uh, in peace, Gino. right? No, no. Well, uh, Gino is the one who died. Gino, Gino. Away, yeah. And so my thing about that was if you look at just sheer numbers, like go look at fucking Spotify and you look at the people's numbers Dark Half fucking to this day I'm pretty sure it's anywhere between 6 and 10,000 monthly listeners at any given month and that right there is better than first of all a big section of people that I first but on that that is also with these guys I know Dane. I he's not spending a ton of fucking money to get bots to get fucking to get listens and shit, and he's also not spending a ton of money necessarily to promote the music. Now, now, now when were Dark Hat? When aren't they like mid two thousands? So yeah, they were. I when I was like the brief period that I was able to spend on the road with them, that was in two thousand eleven. So they had been active from. I'm not sure exactly when their first release officially was, but I would say early 2000s, if not even fucking very late 90s. But I just I'm not 100% sure what their exact first fucking uh, release date was. Now, are you putting are you putting them on the list for importance to you or importance no. to the genre overall? No. Oh no, to the genre overall. 100%. Because the fact is horrorcore Look, do you remember when somebody fucking it showed up on fucking like national news for a bit where somebody was getting their pinky cut off? No, I don't think so. Don't okay. Know. Well, so it did, you know, it came up and it was uh, in the news for a bit. 
but so that was re- based and related around people that fuck with cult shit. The Wicked Wisconsin, uh, you know, Bloody Ruckus and Damian Quinn, and the old shit was Dark Ad. Now again, fucking Gino died, and then that was like, it was a pretty heavy fucking moment just for the culture in general, because again, these guys had a fucking presence, and I only saw it once, but it was, I believe, 2012, the year that I was able to play uh, Gorefest, Golden Year, that's fun. And it went pretty well, but I can remember if, if it wasn't the same night I played, it was the night after. But, no, it must have been the same night that I did, because, and I'll, I'll say why in a second, but seeing them on stage with it, with their crowd, because this was Gorefest, and that's Dark Hat, so that was firmly an LSP crowd. Yeah. And just fucking, they absolutely tore the house down. And they, Gino was talented in a way where you just you don't see it very often. With his ability to harmonize and sing and write and rap, like, I, lyrically, I never really delved that deep into his shit. Like, I don't know a ton of Yeah, he, I did take a deep dive on his Spotify, and there was some depressing-ass shit that he was yeah. rapping about. Well, I mean, look at the fucking... But he was No, I, I'm not... Now, when I ask that, I'm not trying to take anything away from Gino or Dark Half, Damien Quinn, nobody. Um, I'm just saying, like, as... I would, I would say even uh, someone like Mars, who you know, was a hustler in all his right, you know what I mean? In getting all those... You know what? I mean, getting himself on the news on a fucking... Oh, listen, bro. ...yearly basis. Yeah. I think that as far as the culture is concerned, then yeah, Mars is definitely fucking... definitely a big part of it. Or Brother Lin Tong. Well, no, Brother Lin Tong is a bit of a different story. So... But he is definitely... I mean, listen, he is a thousand percent like, I would definitely rank him as a top five, Brother Lynch, huh? Necro. Necro, I think. Well, so here's the problem, though. Necro has gone so far out of his way. Yeah. What he does is not horrorcore music. So you can't yeah. really quantify him that way because he the, the way that he's, the, you know, presenting it is I do death rap. I do, you know, like, I just do shit. It's, that more, it's, it, it, it's, it's dark shit over East Coast. Boom, bap. Well, so, and here's the thing, though. Because I think that Necro and Ill Bill and fucking Uncle Howie and Nonfiction, all of them, are much more relevant to hip-hop as a whole. Yeah, that, than specifically horrorcore. Yeah, as a like, they're fucking way bigger than horrorcore. And that's another part of this, because horrorcore, to me, is still firmly underground. Nobody is doing horrorcore on the mainstream. Nobody yeah. does it like that. There are some mainstream artists that maybe delve into that, but I or don't. They, uh, most, mo- most artists they they like the imagery of horrorcore, the pentagrams and the fucking darkness. And is that Kanye with fucking swastikas and <laughs> D is scrolling. D is scrolling down uh, YouTube no. right now. It's uh looking at all kinds of fucking. No, but listen, 
this is kind of what i'm what about what about that dude real quick what about that dude i forget his name uh he's in prison uh he was a a texas rapper but he was busted in la for smoking pcp and he ate his girlfriend he ate her lungs i have no idea what you're talking about they found they found he (laughs) you never heard this story bro they found him in in uh south central la he was naked outside covered in blood I may have heard this story, but no, I don't actually like. He was naked, covered in blood, yelling at the sky, and this motherfucker uh, was so high on PCP he ate his girlfriend. Yeah, PCP will do that. <laughs> and yeah, you know, he was a. Uh, I listened to. He he had this song. Uh, I'm from I'm from Texas, boy. But he was like very southern rap. But he had this very dark horror core vibe about him. I just I can't remember his name right now. But so listen, this is what I will say because again. I think that, that was some wild shit. Like here's a like here's another good example. And I mean again, that's that guy's not really a horrorcore rapper. He's just a rapper that did some fucking horrorcore. Yeah, shit. no, I just wanted to see if you'd heard that story. But I, I actually have not. But so <laughs> this is my point: is that horrorcore? That's a really really difficult conversation to have because horrorcore exists at different levels to a point where like genuinely, like gruesome and low key. They would have to be part of the conversation because lyrically, them two are fucking good. Shout right? out to Gruesome. I did a song with Gruesome way back on, on one of my early mixtapes. Gruesome just, is we, we just ended up on another track together just recently. It's uh, I Made a Monster with uh, me, him, and uh, JP the Hustler uh, from uh, LSP. And fucking gruesome and i have ended up on a dozen fucking tracks together you could put a fucking album together big lurch big lurch that's who it was big lurch fucking ate his girlfriend no he was okay so yeah that's uh oh shit i that actually does sound vaguely familiar i guess that is who he was talking now i don't give a fuck about none of y'all horrorcore rappers big lurch is the king for that (laughs) (laughs) okay so here's the problem bro technically speaking (laughs) If you want to take it to that level, then fucking Psycho Sam is the king. Oh, uh, but he was whack, though. I, of course he fucking was. That's not the point. <laughs> All anyway, right, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Don't let me interrupt. This is my point. That the reason why those three are the top three for me is because horrorcore overall, when you, re- when you look at this segment of the underground, the o- if you don't already have a big platform, that, you know, like whatever label that you happen to work with, you know, there's only a few of them that actually do it in the horror course, uh, you know. Black nobility, bitch. All right, go ahead. But the fact is, it's really, again, that conversation is difficult to have if we're talking about just the, the fucking the higher levels, I guess, of horrorcore because most of the best horrorcore rappers are super... Who would you say the highest? ICP has to be the highest level. Well, okay, so no. ICP is the highest level in the sense of popularity and recognition. And but, selling out shows. Well, oh yeah. I mean, if we're talking about accomplishment, that's a different story. Yeah. Because yeah, if you're talking about, like, wicked shit rap, ICP definitely did that shit more than <laughs> hey look you want to know what for me twisted now is not the same as i'm not gonna lie twisted. bro i take twisted all day i what i take twisted all day i listen bro i understand the notion because let me tell you something 
I was a, when I was a young little juggalo, I used to listen to ICP and be really, really into the mythology and the fucking just craziness of it. But it didn't satisfy me lyrically because I hung out with fucking I hung out with black kids that could actually rap. Where if you can't rap, they'll just be like, "Nah, shut the fuck up. You can't rap." Right. And I was listening to actual rap. I wasn't actually. I wasn't. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. And that's why you would gravitate toward Twisted. Yeah. So in the beginning, I would listen to Twisted, and I told you. I I think I already talked about this before. How there was the uh, somebody dissing you. I would freestyle that shit, and then start doing my own shit at the end, because a I was still learning how to rap, but b. It was like I needed to see if Juggalo shit could have any street cred, and if I tried to spit an ICP verse, that wasn't gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? Like that toy, toy box might pass you. You know, it's really fucking funny because that's exactly the fucking verse that I thought of as soon as like. That's really fucking weird. That that's exactly <laughs> what I thought. Like that song, I mean, that might be Violent J, one of Violent J's, if not to me, the best verse I've ever heard. To me, I love that fucking song. It's one of my favorites. But what I will also say... Is yeah, put on Toy Box. Uh, if, you're, if you're in a fucking street cypher with some homies, you can't spit. I was like six. I used to get Yes, you this. can, bro. Yes, you can, because... Uh, uh, I mean, that shit fucking... Because, again, the cool thing about that song is the whole story. When he goes back to school and kills all the other kids. Like, but still, it's just just the way you can deliver that those fucking lyrics and the intenseness of it. You could get off on a side. I don't know that. Frankly, if I was ever going to do something like that with ICP verse, it would probably be something like psychopathic, or maybe even something off Hell's Pit. Like fucking. Real quick, I, t- t- tell me if I t- tell me if I'm a fucking composer for this. My favorite twisted song that I've heard is that song that goes uh uh they tend to misunderstand the paper man with scissor hands oh love don't live here anymore that's yeah, i love that fucking song, song dude the name of the song is love don't live here anymore it's been cold since you went away. yeah it's like i love fucking yeah i do Full like that time. song i do like that song and i also think that it was a bold fucking move to end their album after that song with them literally weeping saying I don't want to be by myself and then oh, leave shit. the fucking label like not even a fucking year later <laughs> that, was that was extremely bold yo play that I, shit dude. play that shit I don't think this was a bad song I think Abominations holds up as an album this is great the harmony on this all of their psychopathic era shit to me holds up because lyrically they were super fucking dope my problem is most of the shit that I end up hearing now, because I don't listen to a lot of it anymore, mainly because every time I listen to it, it ends up, it just does not. I like their metal shit, bro. I don't know. I like well, it. so here's the problem. It depends on what you mean by their metal shit, because Breakdown kind of goes in that direction. But that song is fucking fantastic. I fucking wild out in the pit when I hear that song. But, Yo, Kid, Cru- Kid Crusher is the king of horrorcore, bro. Unfortunately, unfortunately, depending on the conversation that we're having, if you want to talk about relevance in fucking horrorcore, more people have seen his shit than lots of other things. Wait, D, D, play this, play this song real quick. Just play a little snippet. 
I gotta hear the, the first part oh, of it. Yeah, this song has the world's longest fucking intro. It's so different from the fucking. Not really. I mean, if you listen back to ICP, to Twisted Old Shit, rendition's a reality. No, but I'm saying the level of their harmonizing together and shit is just like pop really in they tend to misunderstand the paper man with scissor hands and watches the hourglass for grains of sand to fall and fall again as he pretends that everything he lays his hands on doesn't turn to shreds. But why, oh, why does he persist to hide when they insist he try to come outside from the shell he lives inside? Now he's been hypnotized and despite the lies he sits and waits to die because he can't find no words to explain the rain. Emotions are transformed and now become pain. He's alive in a black hole in space and he sits in front of the mirror and he's face to face with the sadness, his confusion, his patience, he's losing, he's substance abusing, he's one with the music and he needs a little something to dial it all back cause he's running in a race but he's not on track. Love don't live here anymore, it's been cold since you went away, I've been trying to get myself together, is there something I can say that'll make it sad? Love don't live here anymore. It's been cold since you went away. I've been trying See, that's kind of a thing where Twisted is definitely a very important band. That can't make me want to put on a hoodie, go go outside on a gray pouring rain afternoon and shoot a needle in my arm. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta no, step in and say one thing, bro. Jamie Madrox is the fucking best rapper in the world. Oh my god. Sorry, I'm sorry, man. His bad. voice, his voice is so his voice, he's got a certain tone, man. That's just fucking beautiful. I look, you wanna know what? My problem this. is, I gotta tell you, it sucks, but at a certain point, I found out about myself, I suppose, that now like I originally was into the shit that they were doing when they left Psychopath. Darkness wasn't a bad album. Um, fucking Continuous Evolutions was decent. Like, there were great songs all throughout that. But I personally, like, I'm not hating on what they're doing. But it sounds like you are, Mad Max. Why? Because I don't like their, <laughs> I don't like their metal shit. I the, most of what I have heard, I haven't enjoyed. I, I don't know if it was all metal shit, but whatever their last album, whatever their last album was that they released, I listened to it on Spotify, and I rarely do this. I lo- I hearted every fucking song on the album. Well, I mean, hey, I may have to give it a shot. My thing is that I really, at this point, just I don't again, like I honestly. Anything that I have heard within the recent time, like I'm trying to think of the last album that it was that I really I listened to all the way through and I really enjoyed it. Like it could. So they're just, one of, they're just one of those groups for you, bro. We all got them. Well, no. So here's the thing: they were very important in the beginning for me, obviously. Like, right. But so, but the problem is, as far as horrorcore is concerned. Their influence, technically, kind of gets folded in with ICP because it's more about psychopathic records as a whole. But right. the interesting thing about that is that Isham was a part of psychopathic records for a period. But Isham... Isham is always beefing. Isham, well, fair enough. But so Isham was so 
fucking prolific in his time and recognized in his region. Because again, all this shit came out of fucking. It came out of. Uh, From the D, baby. Esham influenced them and them. I'm a cross between Nance and Esham and Ozzy. That's what he said on his debut I'm Coming for the Fucking World album. Slim Shady LP. Yeah. Last song. Still don't give a fuck. I'm a cross between Manson, Esham, and Ozzy. And so. And he's, never, point, and he's never mentioned them since. You, you want to know what, though? See, that's kind but of. It don't matter. No, that's dope. And, well, I mean, he fucking hated Eminem for such a long time. He said Foul should have. There was a track called Thug Pit where it was ICP, Tech Nine, Cottonmouth Kings, and a bunch of other people, and Esham was on it. And on the original version, he is dissing the fuck out of Eminem the whole way through. Like, real Grizzly shit. And I remember they did another version of it because it was like, bro, you can't do that shit. Like, we're trying to actually put this on it. It was probably it was probably Tech, whoever his people were, because they were the only ones that had enough. Like, well, I don't know. Sub Noise had fucking power, but that's a weird thing. How ICP has always like been very very closely tied to Cottonmouth King, including when they fucking when things broke down and it like stopped being a thing. But uh, you want to know what my number one song for what? You know what? My original number one song for fucking Isham was My Homie Got Shot. If, if not that, the wicked shit will never die. Those what was that? Isham released an album called D.I. Tryptamine or some shit, and it was just... He, he was definitely getting into fucking... Uh... And he had a song called Robert Ritchie on there about Kid Rock. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> and yo, here's the thing about Esham. I actually really got into Esham for a little bit. I even did a little tribute Esham song. Um, he, I, I, I find a lot of his early shit really dope, and then I find a lot of his mid shit, like uh, 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 late '90s to like the mid 2000s. I find a lot of it unlistenable. And then some of his recent shit I've been listening to, and I'm like, God damn, Esham still got it. Honestly, man, I seen him perform at the gathering this last year, and he for sure still got it. His set was real good, and he's a legend, man. He talk about underrated. That fucking Eshawn is underrated, man. Oh no, which by the way, that's why he's the number one because he is all horrorcore does not exist without fucking Eshawn at all. What not was even. that fucking second Eshawn album? I used to bump it all the time. I'm gonna look it up. What? See, that's kind of the thing, though, because outside of, again, my top three, which is Esham, ICP, and Darkhaft, outside of that, it's so fucking debatable on so many different merits that it's like, because there have been people that do horrorcore that are arguably bigger than Darkhaft. Like, it could be said, but for the time and for the fucking... The, the aesthetic of horrorcore and what it became, I just I, I really gotta I gotta I gotta give props to Dark Half. I I you hear a lot of um to this day um a lot of mentions of Dark Half. Um, a lot of people still posting Dark Half every day. You know what I mean? 
But I will say this, because this is my thing. The only other person who I could genuinely consider for that number three to maybe tie with Dark Half and talking about genuine, uh, genuine recognition would be um, Brother Lynch Hunt. Because he actually did see a certain amount of mainstream fame. Uh, and even working with Strange, he saw a certain amount of recognition. He's just, for whatever reason, I guess on his own, he has a harder time maintaining the... Uh, maintaining the momentum or whatever it is but I mean fucking his original shit it, I think it was 91 when it came out maybe 92 that fucking just the fact that he was talking about that kind of shit and spitting it like that yeah he continued to do so like the fucking bro let me tell you something the and as a matter of fact I think that I would absolutely Put him in the number three spot for this reason specifically. Have you ever, or the tie the number three spot with Dark Ash? Have you ever seen the Code Hanger Strangler trilogy? Code Hanger Strangler trilogy, like all like the different videos and yes. the shit that era. That yeah. shit's fucking crazy. Yeah, that's, that's just nuts, bro. Literally, it's nasty, and the fucking concept of what he was doing, and the mask, and the fucking storyline and then the skits on the album it's like and it all ties together within three different hours. are you fucking kidding me like that shit i because quite frankly again my thing is this i really do with fucking with dark half it's having been part of the specifically horror core genre that's why i would put them in that you know know in that spot but brother lynch hung again like i said he was mainstream famous so at that point he does kind of more belong to the annals of hip-hop as opposed to horrorcore but i think of brother lynch hung uh, my first thought when before my first thought when i heard brother lynch hung was um bay area well he's definitely got that fucking classic flow no that, in that sound, the, the sound of those beats, they're darker, but they're still the Bay Area yeah. beats, man. Oh, yeah. oh, a thousand percent. I mean, oh, by the way, that that uh, that Esham album was uh, Kill the Fetus. Okay, true indeed. True indeed. Kill the Fetus. I, I gotta tell you, it sucks. I, I'm, I'm familiar with so much of this different shit, but I've, I've never wanted to dive so deeply into any of these artists that it ends up influencing what I do and right. fucking oh well, you want to know what see Kid Crush the fact that okay and Bone Thugs in Harmony no Cool Keith no but Insane Poetry what are you fucking kidding me shout out to my boy Insane Poetry he's been Insane Poetry cool. is definitely like he's definitely on that list outside of you know my top three but we, I don't, we, gotta get, we gotta get insane poetry on the show man we're gonna do thousand oh, percent i don't disagree with that at all if they actually just fucking yeah. put it above icp somebody was just trying to be a dickhead that's funny and you want to know what i fucks with the flatliners i think they're dope i really do um but i feel like they haven't been able to sustain at all exactly if, I don't know that they released enough shit back then 
because the stuff that they put out was real dope. Like it was real good. But they're just what about Maddox? Maddox. And I'm pretty. They're still doing shit. I've seen them perform at Lethal Weekend a few years back. It was dope. But they're fucking. I I don't know that they're releasing shit that often anymore. Or like I don't know. Again, like you said, that's basically the best way to say it. I've been able to sustain. Yeah. You know, one other group that I was going to name, and I think that it's actually sad because fucking, like, nobody's listening to him anymore, is, uh, so I guess this one maybe was a little bit more for me, but uh, L.U. Cypher, that's uh, L.U.Cypher, uh, first album they put out, I think it was in 98. Hmm, I'm, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with them. The, uh, well, so interesting story, the first album it's no it's a first album so put it like that but as it goes on like super lyrical wicked fucking horrorcore and uh i i i'm such an asshole for not being able to remember their names but um i believe hex is uh one of the ones who uh, had passed so rest in peace but uh the other dude is still around i'm pretty sure but I don't know that he's doing anything. Again, I was, I wasn't able to, uh, wasn't able to, I guess, properly prepare for the, the horrorcore fucking breakdown. Just because there really is so much different shit that it's hard to like. Especially, do you want to talk about active horrorcore? Do you want to talk about? horrorcore from back in the day, but they're not doing it no more. Like, there's all kinds of different shit that exists. I mean, what would be, would, you know, something like Ty- like Tyler, the Creator's first album, would that be modern horrorcore? I, 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 I don't know. I think that you're talking about Goblin, right? Or no, no. Yeah. No, 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 the one, the one with the cockroach and all that shit. Yeah, no, with Yonkers, which... Yeah, Yonkers. The cockroach. I mean... I don't know. I don't think so. And I'll it, tell was you like, it was like horror without a purpose. No. So here's the problem. <laughs> My issue is that everybody wants to call rap that's fucking weird or zany. Yeah, no, I'm seeing this. I, I don't know about all that. D, D, D likes to fuck with us when we're talking and just pull up shit. And that was it. He just pulled up 6 9 for something. Yeah, I thought that he did. But... I mean, again, like, with horrorcore, it really is fucking, it, it is difficult because, like, Insane Poetry is part of the horrorcore scene, but, I mean, he was writing for fucking, I think it was Vanilla Ice, right? Yep. So there you fucking have it. That's mainstream rap. He's just so fucking down with this kind of shit that this is what he does. And, I mean, granted, he was always doing horrorcore shit. I just, you want to know what? I think it's probably more the fact that I am more familiar with him. Would you say, would you put Cage? I'm more familiar with his LSP shit than his older shit. I think that's probably the issue. Would you put, would you put. That guy. I don't, we we don't need to hear nothing about that guy. He came in very late to the game. Wait, who? Who? If you can't see on the screen. Some fucking asshole. Don't worry about it. It's not important. Fucking! I didn't, I didn't even see. I missed all that. No, it's fine. It's, it's, all right. it, it, if anybody watches the show, they'll get to see. It. <laughs> but 
in any case, fucking, my thing is that horrorcore, again, it's really difficult. Because like I said, I don't want to just bring up people I know. And that's the really difficult thing about it. Because to me, again, Dark Half just had that fucking level of influence that is really inexplicable. Like, it's having, having been able to see it live in person, it's it was crazy to have been able to witness it. But as far as horrorcore as a genre is concerned, like, I don't know if Brother Lynch would even consider himself horrible. I, like, I really don't. I don't know if that's, a, like, something that he would want to give himself. Same thing on there. Bone Thugs and Harmony was fucking hardly horrorcore. They just talked about demons and shit. That's all. Well, would, what about Cage? Would you put Cage more in a horrorcore or more in... I I consider him, like, just trippy, drug, white that's, boy, fucking acid rap. That's kind of my point. That's kind of my point. Would you put them in a... Because, listen, I'll also tell you, when you say acid rap, I almost feel like acid rap is a good default. Acid rap is a better term for Cage than it is for Esham. Uh, uh, well, I don't know. I think that if you listen to a lot of his shit, especially some of the relatively recent shit... But, like, but, but he's a, he, he's been saying acid rap since the late 80s, and I listen to that shit, and I'm like, nothing about this sounds like you're on acid. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. But I definitely, the, the more later shit, like the albums I was talking about with those long-ass drug title names, like those do I, sound like some acid-out shit, you know? I, you want to know what? I think that in his case, acid rap was more It just about, sounded like, cool. It just sounded cool and, and uh, off the edge. I mean, I don't know. I think that, uh, well, but that's, so me, that, that, that's me scribble talking. Mad Max has, does not endorse. <laughs> but listen, this is what I'll tell you about that. Is I think in a lot of ways, ICP is not hardcore. ICP is wicked shit. And Esham is wicked shit as well. And that's kind of the difference because ICP and Esham influence what horrorcore would become as far as what it is now. Yeah. Because the actual horrorcore scene is comprised of some very specific people. Like, Razakel has been doing this shit for fucking longer than pretty much everybody. Except a few. And she is consistently able to fucking, like, I don't know the last time she toured in the interest of being, you know, straight up. I'm not sure the last time she went on tour. But... She's able, been able to consistently put on shows for years, and she was touring consistently for many years before that. And fucking her shit has been unrepentantly horrorcore the entire time. And that's also keeping in mind that she was the only one who was continuing to make music in any kind of like viable fashion that was genuinely tied up in that Psycho Sam shit. Which is, by the way, verifiably the largest and most well-known horrorcore moment in essentially the history of the world. If not yeah. the history of just America, because let's be honest, horrorcore is mostly an American thing. Although I don't think I don't know if too many oh. people out outside of being fans from horrorcore know know about Psycho Sam. That's well, you wanna know what? I think the true crime people know about Psycho Sam. Yeah, yeah, but, you know yeah, probably right on that. That's more my point, is that that was the 
Because that was the biggest news story. But even, I gotta give props to Mars again, because Mars had nothing to do with that, and he called the fucking news and got on the news defending Horrorcore for that. <laughs> so, interesting story. It wasn't so much that he didn't know the kid, because everybody was, like, this was all during the Horrorcore.com. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah right. He might have got some messages from him. No, so they did. there's no way that he hadn't at least talked to him. Because Sam talked to everybody. I used to talk to that kid. Loke used to talk to that kid. Fucking all... Again, the hardcore community from the Hardcore.com forum boards was a very, like, it was a pretty tight-knit community. And so, with that being the case, it was just a lot of people knew this kid. But, again, you're right. Mars was the one who jumped up and said, oh, yeah, I remember that kid. Because he probably, he knew... Because as soon as somebody told me, I remember it specifically. I was asking, because I heard about the Psycho Sam situation, and I asked somebody, what are you talking about? Who, and they were like, you know it. What the fuck do you mean do I know it? And then they put Little Demon Dog. And that was his AOL Instant Messenger name. And I was like, fuck, that kid? Really? That was fucking crazy. And by the way, fuck him for what he did. I mean, he sucked as a rapper, so I'm not, I don't defend, no, anybody, nobody fucking defends Psycho Sam. Everybody in the community is like, fuck that kid. I want to make that very clear. But the whole thing is, that situation, like, here's a good example. Uh, Patton Oswalt, his wife, before she died, she was very involved in cold cases and, you know, like, just true crime history. And yeah. she did a whole thing. She like a whole research into the Psycho Sam killings. And so it has actually received a certain amount of like mainstream recognition in so much as this was part of the real horrorcore community. Like, no bullshit. Kid Crusher never really came to America to do shows because it's expensive to fly from Australia. But this the, like these people, Razakel, Dark Half, um, Satanic. I don't really fuck with him, but whatever. Um, scum. Who? That's another one where scum does the scum a thousand percent. Wait, wait, real quick, real quick. I'm. You just blew my mind when you said okay. There, Satanic hit me up years ago, and I yeah. did a song. I did a verse on one of his songs. I have not heard that name since. What well, is? He kind of. This is my. Thing. I have really never had any particular interactions with him but everybody that i know that i care about that knew him does not fuck with him like there was a period of time when they did and then shit went bad and uh -huh. so at the point it's the it's the kind of thing where i'm the kind of person where if i seriously fuck with you and you're for real my people and you are like fuck them over there then it's like Fuck them over there. I don't know them, but I know you. And by the yeah, way, all I know is Satanic had a had a big name for a while. And when he hit me up to do a song, oh, a I, I said in the verse, he dropped Sam it. And a big part of that is because of the Psycho Sam shit. The fucking cops or whoever fucking called him. Because Sam, I'm pretty sure it's Satanic or somebody. It was the, One of them was the first person that Sam called after all that shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> So, yeah, it, like, the fact but, but, is, dude, real quick, real quick, D brought up, uh, pulled up Psycho Realm, 
That's what I was like, no, I was trying to get to that. I think that Psycho Realm was way more influential just in fucking solo hip hop culture. Chicano, Cypress Hill, Soul Assassins. So much, so much fucking bigger than horrorcore. Are you kidding me? If anything, horrorcore was inspired by that. Horrorcore itself. Because ICP, back in the day, definitely was like, they said it all the time, talking about fucking Mexican gangs and shit. So like well, and, and like we brought up before, they 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 had a lot of Cypress Hill sounding beats in the mid nineties. Oh yeah. Well, but I also think, just in the interest of fairness, I think that a big part of that was just when it came to hip hop beats, it wasn't the art form it was yet, and so people just if something worked, they just kind of went that direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't think ICP, especially based on their beat selection over the years. I don't think that they would specifically, especially when you listen to the first two Joker's cards, they weren't really doing particularly West Coasty shit. No, no, not at all. More in the mid '90s. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. If you see he, something, he, that works, I want you to pull up. Can, can we pull up uh, one of my favorite horrorcore songs? D, pull up uh, Mars. Oh, okay. No, because listen, you want to Mars is definitely somebody for all these different reasons. My deal is that I genuinely don't know any of this music. I've heard some songs. I think we've been featured on a couple tracks together, but I just really, I never got into his flow. Search, and I never got search, into his uh, uh, the song is called Shooting Spree. But I mean, here's the thing. The true fact is that he was super influential to hardcore culture. Martin's my boy, bro. We'll get him on the show. That worked. Shooting spree. This song fucking rules, bro. This is some sick shit. And it's catchy as fuck, too. It's crazy. I remember once being fucking... I drove with my father out to Tahoe because he just needed somebody else in the car to get across the country. And... Cool house block. <laughs> no, bro, I'm saying, for the time, if, frankly, if I had half the business sense that he did... I would have definitely done some shit. Because oh. Class Time Horror was one of my big songs when I first started doing shit. So. Yeah, bro. Mars is a fucking. Mars is a marketing genius, bro. Yeah, for fact. I mean, again, I, my but, was I never really. I never particularly got into his music, but there's no way that you can deny that the dude fucking put himself out there. Like, he's done infinitely more shit than I have. Whether or not he's fucking. Let, let's hear this a little snippet of this. Little snippet. Little snippet. Photo kill. Alley, alley, ox and free children come and play with me. Love them up and cut the tree. It's a Shooting spree, Ali, Ali, Ox and Free, children come and play with me. Load them up and cut the tree. It's a fucking shooting spree. One day I woke up and I thought to myself, Might as well pull that fucking clock off the shelf. I grab a clip or two, load it up, and then I go put it in my bag for the bag, and then I go to school. Mama said, Don't miss the bus. Pull your pants up, don't you cuss, bitch, I think I've had enough. 
bullet out my backpack Shoot it and watch it collapse Let it almost make me laugh Almost make me leave for class Alley, alley, oxen, rain Children come and play Shout out to Mars, bro Yeah, I don't know That's Well, you weren't feeling that? Not, uh <laughs> what, can I, what can I fucking say? Which woman lie to you? Like, she's fucking gone on tour. Mars has got sponsorships and shit. Dude has done infinitely more than I've ever done as a rapper. All I know how to do is rap good. So, again, <laughs> quite frankly, that's one it of the. I just like I just like how playful that song is. I well, so I think that like conceptually. It's not like the shit's not bad. I just between the sound and the flow, I'm just not into it. No, it's all good, bro. Don't trip. I don't know, cause it's hard to be like it's hard to say you don't like some shit without sounding like you hate. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what can I say? I mean, what? I don't, man. I go into fuck. I go into the world. I never expect anybody to know my shit. I'm always. I'm every time. I'm surprised when somebody says they know my. Yeah, like, there is never a time where out of nowhere somebody's like, "Oh yeah, no, I've heard of your shit." Oh wow, really? But no, I, you want to know what? Here's the thing. I think that the hardcore conversation we could do an actual top ten, but it's going to require a lot of thought and a lot of fucking preparation. That I will exclude the three that I've already. I say that that exists to me at the. At the of both skill and influence but beyond that I mean again because there was Simkin Heights there was Project Born there's fucking uh, I mean again between Scum and Insane Poetry Triple MFD fucking Scum has been doing this shit forever like for a long ass time his first releases were early 2000s, if not the 90s. I'm not sure. I'm like, it, it was either like Dinner is Served or some shit like that. The one where he's on the front with white contacts. That shit came out like early 2000s. I remember I met him at a Twisted show in Denver once. And cool as hell. Fucking super nice guy. And yeah, fuck, I've, talked to, I've talked to Scum a few times. And, um, you know... It's another one of those cases, like I told you with Razakel, where I heard it and I was just like, "This is just some weird shit." But the more that I, the more that I dug into Scum and I saw his fucking hustle and just what the movement that he created oh, and, yeah. with Gorefest and fucking oh, yeah. LSD and yeah. no, and I'll tell you right now, Scum has gotten infinitely better over the years. Like his early shit, I you know I've definitely heard the same criticisms, but. His worship within the last, let's say, five, even ten years. Well, if, like, if you don't like, I mean, you know, his rhyming, I never found a problem with his rhyming. Like, he could rhyme and shit. It's like, if you don't like his tone of voice, it's like Dave Mustaine. If you don't like fucking Dave Mustaine's voice, you ain't gonna like Megadeth, you know? That's fair. That's fair. I could, I could, you'll learn in this podcast, I can always bring it back to Dave Mustaine. (laughs) (laughs) Now, well... I mean, when when somebody has that level of influence in your life, which again, to me... Which, by the way, can I bring this up? I was talking to D about this. Okay. and Because I, I called... D sent me the last episode we recorded, which was the Metal Beeps. And I listened back, bro. And I was so fucking embarrassed for myself, dude. 
I gotta tell you, anytime I get, it, it seems like I'm getting super defensive about something, usually Megadeth, I gotta say, bro, don't take it personal at all, dude. <laughs> you don't know what? I'll have to listen to it because I don't have any memory of like, oh, wow. I'm, that legit, was... I'm legit, and I was thinking about this for a while, and I told D this. I legit, I think I have a daddy issue with Dave Mustaine being my father <laughs> and being the one who raised me. You know what? I'm dead serious, dude. Like, you need to understand something. Violent J is a surrogate father to an entire fucking generation. Exactly. I was just going to make that comparison. I am a juggalo of Dave Mustaine, bro. Hey, at the end of the day, I don't think there's anything wrong with it as long as you are not trying to make your creations somehow a extension of what they're... Because that's my whole thing. That's why I don't make music where I say juggalo very often. Unless yeah. I'm trying to speak directly on some shit. I don't really make much music where I'm trying to be on some juggalo shit because I, it's not really like that, you would think. Because I'm just a juggalo. That's just who I am as a person. I make yeah. music. It's why I do shit that could be considered horrorcore, even though lyrically I can fucking make music of any sort. It's just that this is just where I am. This is what I do. But at the same time, I think horrorcore is much more, and this is why the conversation is deep. And I know D's got to go, so we can swing out. I got to eat dinner anyway. But horrorcore to me is much more about the art surrounding the music. Because if horrorcore is to be a genuine, a genuine genre, and I maintain that it is, there must be artistic value because otherwise you're just being gratuitous for no fucking reason. Absolutely. And that's fucking, I'm whatever. Like, slasher shit is fun occasionally, but I'm not one of these people that's like, I will watch violent shit only. Now, can I ask you, can I ask you something? Because this is, uh, when I think of horrorcore, I always think of this, but I've never had someone to ask it to. Okay. How much of an influence does Rob Zombie have in the horrorcore world? Because I see a lot of little references in Pete in horrorcore artist songs. I see. I see a lot. The main thing that gets me. The main reason I ask is because I see a lot of this in the horrorcore, and that is the X in the forehead. And yes, it is a Marilyn. It's a Manson no. thing, but Rob Zombie made it pop. No, I. So listen, I don't agree with that. Okay. I think, I think that. Charles Manson murdered a movie star and people that wanted to somehow represent themselves as anti-Hollywood or anti-establishment have done that. But I think and they're all Rob Zombie fans too because I, I've never met a horrorcore fan who's not a Rob Zombie fan. I mean, listen, you're probably right about that, but that has more to do with metal than it does to do with horrorcore. Okay. Because here's the thing, that technically speaking, if any one genre of music had to be connected to horror as the medium of music, of movies. It would be metal. A thousand percent. Yeah, of because course. The, the only other acceptable thing would be like. Well, that that, that just popped in my head. That popped horror, in my head because because I know horrorcore. A lot of horrorcore artists and fans are metalheads too. So that yeah. brought me well, to Rob Zombie. You know. I already said ICP was touring with metal bands in the early days. Uh, why hasn't Rob Zombie done Gathering of the Juggalos yet? Because ICP probably can't afford him. Or he, <laughs> He's doesn't want to. Yeah, he doesn't want a big. Uh, uh, he doesn't want to be paid in a. It's not even a question of can afford it because Jay and Shaggy have plenty of fucking money. They 
sell a lot of merch. They, you know, their streams are pretty good. I think Rob would just prefer a check instead of a trash bag full of cash. I will. Well, one way or another, I just, I don't think that Rob would necessarily want. He wouldn't want to do it for the price that ICP or Psychopathic Records. Would well, he's going to get a lot of blowback from the metal elitist fans. Who because, all, because everybody metal still looks at ICP like they're shit. Yeah. So I definitely get that. But I mean, hey, that's the other thing where like Suicide Boys said, don't call us horrorcore. And they did music that people would. And we were all like, gladly, motherfuckers. I mean, hey, I look at Suicide Boys as they're independent, but they may as well be mainstream. You can't pull a fucking show and have 4,000 people show up and say that you're fucking underground. It don't work like that. You can be independent, but you're fucking pretty popular if you can go to every city in the country and pull thousands of people every time you go. Yeah, I mean, that's the dream, though. Yeah, nah, you ain't wrong, but that's kind of what I'm saying. Once you get to that level really not horrorcore anymore because horrorcore itself <clears throat> think about it, how often does it really happen that a horror movie really really kills it right through it, in the culture it doesn't happen that often yeah, yeah not not these days too often. The recent one terrifier made it happen but yeah. it doesn't happen that way very often and especially in music rappers do horrorcore shit but no big rapper is gonna fucking risk his career and make a fucking slasher album yeah. But that was the only one who did anything even remotely close to that with Relapse. Yeah, and I still can't get into that album too much. Oh, no, which, not even that. He literally says in the opening of 3AM, you're walking down a horror a corridor. Yeah, if you think that wasn't on purpose, Eminem's lyrics are very, very good. I like that uh, wide open song. Uh, uh, I'm like a, hello, I'm my, uh, Open up that umbrella while that shit's inside you. Whatever that fucking serial killer song is, that, that that's the dopest song on that oh, album. Listen, it's funny because Eminem got to a point, and this is also why, by the way, I don't list Eminem because Eminem is influential to hip hop culture. Period. Yeah. But Eminem was influenced by Esham very strongly. That's verifiable. And so the fact that, like, this is what I'm saying. I love it so much. Eminem made a horrorcore album at what could be considered one of the many peaks of his career. Like, yeah. Relapse and Recovery were big albums. He had made shit a long time by that point. Like, let me tell you something. My Darling is one of the best fucking horrorcore songs of all time. My going Darling. Back, like, going back and forth with his demons, literally. Like, horrorcore people have done shit like that a thousand times. That would be a great episode to do our top 10 Eminem tracks. That'll be hard. I'm super into it. Remember that night you prayed to God, said you would give anything for a record deal with Dre Signs? Oh my God. That album is so fucking filthy, dude. Like, Eminem's ability to put lyrics together. I like, this is one of these funny things where. I was born with a dick in the brain, fucked in the head. My stepfather said that I sucked in the bed. See, that's kind of the other thing. (laughs) I don't know if he was really. He could have just been, because look at his, his sense of humor, his entire yeah. career. I a thousand percent believe that he did that just so he could be, because look at him, he's Eminem. He's a, he's a fucking fixture. Well, in that album was supposed to be Slim Shady, the evil Eminem, you know, it was supposed to be back to the evil dark shit. 
kind of my point is the fact that he did it in a way where he just said the literally people always want to talk about and King Gordy also you know he's a big part of the hardcore conversation but King Gordy is he the dude with a song about raping a baby yes Ugh. I don't even know exactly what song you're talking about but the answer is still yes <laughs> immediately yes <laughs> well because when, no, when he was doing his Anakin dark shit and see this is the problem this is the reason why Gordy a thousand percent belongs in the horror court greatest of all time conversation because he said some shit on the level of like Sutter Kane did some shit like this too and it's funny because Sutter Kane beef with Necro for a bit yo shout out to Sutter Kane just follow me on Instagram I've I've heard the name, but I got a deep dive into his shit. Sutter Kane did some August Underground shit. Sutter Kane, if we're talking about genuinely horrorcore shit, like, I think we might even have to do a top 20. Because I think that horrorcore just, well, because here's the thing. Sutter Kane has been doing this shit for a long fucking time. Never So Deep Records, Donnie Darko is part of that crew. Like, they've been doing this fucking, and here's the thing. Horrorcore it's hard to like the question is do you represent this hardcore do you believe that what you make is hardcore because in a lot of cases with a lot of these guys they're just making shit because this is the life that they live like i don't know specifically but a lot of these guys have lived real fucked up lives and that's a big part of what hardcore actually is the fact that people living these fucking crazy lives and they just talk about the things that they've seen like for me I'm a hardcore spectator. I've made that clear from day one. I ain't never had to fucking live none of this shit. I have never had to fucking be that dude. I've seen this shit from a distance. I knew people that lived these lives. So what it really came down to was fucking, this is just what resonated with me because I like scary shit and I like rap music. So this is where it led me. But anyone who likes hip hop and loves horror movies, I do not understand how they're not a horrorcore fan. I, you want to know what? I think that you're broke. It's very simple. Because most horrorcore is not really. Most of the horrorcore that people know, and by the way... Yeah, but most people don't listen to lyrical shit anyway. Ah, uh, well, yeah, but here's the problem. They listen to shit that has a flow. Uh, most horrorcore... <laughs> right, and yeah, we're talking about horrorcore. Most horrorcore ain't got that either. <laughs> so, and that's the sad part. Because that's why somebody like Loki is able to absolutely kill it when it comes to getting views and still selling merch and doing shit like that because he does shit that is conceptual that is lyrical that is produced well and that is fucking dope low-key can fucking i'm not even saying this because i fuck with him like legitimately i'm not saying this because that's my people i'm saying that because fucking he can rap like can actually rap. Like he on the slice necks and bite flesh and that's just my mic check. It ain't even light yet. <laughs> I would have to, oh man, okay, so no. We American gotta, Monster, bro. No, that's, we, that's, the, that's the song I heard from Loki back in the day was American Monster. Monster. Okay. American Monster was definitely a solid project for him. I gotta give it to him. But no, so D is, uh, is uh, letting us know that he's got to roll out of here. So no, again, we can continue this to have... This was a great episode, man. This was a great episode. I agree. Bro, we can continue to have the horrorcore conversation. Because I'm going to be completely honest with you. I do not look at horrorcore in the way of like a historian where I know all of the different people. There are so many different names that you brought up where I was like, oh shit, I completely forgot about those fucking guys. 
Like, yeah. I, because this is just what I do, and again, I know I've said this like fucking five times today, I don't want to just name people I know. And so many of these guys are still active. So many of these guys are still doing shit. So yeah. it's hard to be like, it's hard to judge somebody's body of work against what they are continuing to do. So it's a difficult conversation. But I will maintain until the end of the until the end of time that the three fucking influential as far as horrorcore as it exists now, where I am in it and how I view it, that is Isham ICP and Dark. Alright. That's dope. So Alright, we will uh fucking holler back at you next week. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody's going to hear this episode before I do my show down in New Jersey, but if somehow you do, fucking Vineland, it's new to fucking Juffalo Weekend. If you just fucking surf, search Juffalo Weekend in Google, I guarantee it'll come up. Yeah, yeah, D. If you want to show New Jersey, bro, go go, go see Mad Max, D. Yeah, no, that's, uh, it's going to be Southern Jersey, so it's even a couple hours from where he's at. But yo, listen, D. Oh, he ain't I, going I am going to be down in the tri-state at least to drop off. Uh, that's fair. But I am at least going to be down in the tri-state in South Orange to drop off my son. So if you're going to be around and you got a few minutes, we can at least fucking get up. But, uh, no, I will fucking... Next time, next time, uh, next show, um, I don't know if we even need to have a topic, you know what I'm saying? I, like, we, I, we definitely can keep the horrorcore conversation going. Because I think that there is still a lot of depth within just discussing the acts as opposed to trying to just make a list. Right. Yeah. So, I'm down uh, with that. So. Scribble, till next time. It's been a good one. D, mahalo at you. And fucking, yeah. SM, motherfuckers. Get All right, yo. SM. Black nobility, bitch. Underground sound. <laughs>